We are back, friends, with the second part of our two-part series talking about the spiritual gifts. If you haven't listened to the first part, listen to that. But this episode, we are going to break down the seven motivational gifts, and Winter is going to tell us some attributes of them, some characteristics of them, and even give us some jobs that they may uh, have, and some characters and people in the Bible that may have functioned in these gifts. This is such a great episode. I cannot wait for you to get all this information so we can love Jesus more and all be active members of the body. Join me with Winter for this episode. Winter Lascano is a passionate pursuer of Jesus, auntie to so many, and the marketing cheerleader you didn't even know you needed. Her job is to discover the secret sauce of your heart's mission in your business or organization and help you to grow it online. When she's not running Facebook ads or social media coaching, you can find her playing cards with her large brood of spiritual family, partaking in the fun of Nashville, or ministering with her sisters on the weekends. I'm so excited, friends, for you to meet my friend, Winter, and hear this incredible podcast. But don't forget, this is just part one. Part two is tomorrow. Hey friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your coffee, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. Hey, 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 we are back with another episode of the Abundant Woman Collective podcast, but today is a fantastic bonus episode. We are in the middle of our two-part series about spiritual gifts. And so I have my friend Winter here and last episode, if you have not listened, stop what you're doing, press pause and go back to the previous episode and listen to first episode as we break down the three groups of spiritual gifts, which were the motivational gifts, manifestation gifts, and ministry gifts. And she did an amazing job overviewing and outlining, giving scripture context. And I feel like we got some Holy spirit fire going on towards the end. So make sure you listen (laughs) all the way through and then hop back to today. Today, we are going to dig deeper into motivational gifts, which is the most common type of spiritual gifts test that we take. Yeah. Let's just jump in winner. Um, thanks for coming on again (laughs) and digging deeper with us in the church world. We hear so much about spiritual gifts and Yesterday, I imagine was revelatory to so many people because they didn't know that there were three different types and they didn't know why or what they were. Thank you for that. And then thank you for digging into some of these, because I feel like you're going to expose some misconceptions here too, which I'm excited about. (laughs) Yeah. I love spiritual gifts. I, when we fully know how and why, you know, we were created and, and what our purpose is, I think it gives us a sense of peace in knowing that I don't have to be all things to all people. Yeah motivational gifts are like we talked about yesterday are are probably something that you were born with 
probably something that you did as a little kid. Um, you may have been the person that was always the encourager and the cheerleader and um, or you were the person that was always um, educating and like teaching your baby dolls, you know, like how to do X, Y, and Z. Um, so, but they don't actually start to become sanctified and set apart for Christ until you come into salvation. Mm -hmm. And now they have on a greater purpose because those gifts actually begin to have meaning and purpose in the body of Christ. Because um, motivational gifts are all about your, your motive, your intent, right? So they allow us to discover why we think and act the way that we do. What motivates us? It's right in the actual title of the gift, motivational gifts. What motivates us? It will reveal what um, what occupation in the Lord's work suits us best. And by Lord's work, I mean in, in building the church and advancing his whole kingdom, right, throughout the world. Um, and how our using our gifts will actually bring us true joy instead of just a dull routine. We'll mm -hmm. actually start to, to function in the things that we've been graced to do rather than doing things because I have to, right? Or I have to do this because nobody else will. We'll actually begin to, to identify how we can set up boundaries with those things. It allows us to know what God's will is for our life. It allows us to know that as we take, as we learn our motivational gifts and we start to, to see them as, as, as grace and where we're not, then we can actually begin to understand how and where we're supposed to be serving or leading um, within the body of Christ at, lar at large. So what are you called to do? What are you not called to do? It's discovering your spiritual job description. But it's also so that we can appreciate how others have been graced mm. and where they've where they've been anointed and where where you're not. Yeah. That's right. A good point. I yep. so appreciate people who are givers mm -hmm. and operate in mercy compassion because those are two of my bottom gifts. You need, you know, finances and the giving of the givers to keep some of the, the house lights on, you know, mm -hmm. and we also need our mercy, compassion people to help us to empathize and to understand the emotional um, nature of, of people. And so it, it just appreciates me to lean into those people because it's not where I'm the strongest. So I would encourage you to go take the test first and then come back and listen to us dig into these seven motivational gifts. Um, let's talk about the gift of administration or otherwise known as leadership. They're able to accomplish tasks and solve problems through analysis and delegation. They are an organizer who often discerns the talents and abilities of others and knows how those individuals can best serve within a project or a ministry. Mm -hmm. So one of the things about administration, and to be honest, it, and it kind of drives me a little bit nuts because I'm an administrator. And I, and, and this is actually, you know, just to be a little fully transparent here, this is actually a gift that has given me a lot of doubt or uh, unworthiness or mm. feeling unworthy, yeah. because I think when people think of administration, they think of a secretary mm -hmm. or people who push papers and answer the phones and just make copies and you know, they do all of the things that those tasks behind the scenes, you know, and people are like, I need administrators because I'm not organized. And it's like, administration is also leadership friend. <laughs> what? Truth bomb. I know yeah. it, it's not just about the papers and pushing papers and making you organize. It's actually a leadership gift. 
Mm-hmm. And I think this is another reason why, as we recognize the gifting in other people, that we can actually empower and identify those people in their gifts and call them up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you are an administrator and somebody has made you feel like all you do is push papers, can I just call that out right now and say, you are so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And your gifting actually serves the body of Christ in a much greater way than, than, um, than you're being told or you're being, you're, you're being lied to by the enemy. Yeah. Um, you have a spirit given capacity and a desire to serve God by organizing, administrating, promoting, and leading and the various affairs in the church, in your home, in your workplace, in a ministry setting, you are the person who leads those within. And if we think about the gifts of the motivational gifts and how they serve the body, I want you to actually think about a physical looking body, a mm-hmm. head, eyes, a brain, arms, legs, all of those things. I want you to think about that as we go through these, because the leadership gift is actually the head of the body. They have the ability to see the overall picture and set long-term goals, and they find efficient ways of getting work done. They may not always seek leadership, but they will assume it when no leader is available. And they actually receive fulfillment. They receive satisfaction when others come together to complete a task. They can break down major goals into smaller achievable tasks. They have an ability to know what resources are available. Um, they have a motivation to remove himself from distracting details in order to focus on the ultimate goal. Um, they have a willingness to put up with negative reactions from others in order to reach that goal. Um, they have a need for loyalty and confidence from those who are being directed and served. Um, they delight in inspiring and encouraging workers by cheerfulness, approval, praise, and challenges. And they find, again, that satisfaction when everything comes together. A biblical example of this would be Lydia in the Bible. She also happened to be an entrepreneur. Um, And you might, you might see administrators operating as Bible study leaders, office managers, operation managers, communications directors, um, so on and so forth. So those are our administrators. I want to point out too, that leading, because when you, maybe sometimes you think of a leader, you think of like the president, the president of the United States, the CEO of an organization, the whatever, which yes, can be true, but it's not just for those. It's also who lead through servanthood, who lead by serving, you see the bigger picture. It doesn't mean they're the face of that bigger picture all the time, which hopefully comforts some of our introverts here, but Mm -hmm. it means that they are doing it through serving their posture. The posture of their heart is through serving and not, I get to be the center stage of this ministry. And no, I get to lead a Bible study and lead you to walk through scripture because that's what God has equipped me with and given me the gift of. Right. So I love that too. Cause sometimes it's intimidating. Like when the first time I got this, I was like, you got that wrong God, (laughs) you know, like what? No, thank you. Because yeah. it's intimidating. Yeah. You, it might not feel good or it might not feel right, but you name so many characteristics that are biblically correct, but maybe not worldly correct, right? Like don't look mm-hmm. like what a stereotypical, right. I don't know, you know? So right. hopefully right. in Winter's definitions, she gave you examples where you can see yourself, which is so cool. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Like, n- no. One of the scriptures that my old pastor was one of his favorites because he was a a big, he was a leader, obviously, and he was raising up leaders, but his favorite scripture was 
that the man of that the son of God didn't come to serve, but mm-hmm. to be served, but to serve in, in the basin and the towel leaders, your, your bread and butter, your, the essence of who you are and how you function is coming with a basin and a towel. Leadership is servanthood. Yeah. You know, like Sam was saying, it's, it's not a, a lofty prideful thing or a pushy thing or an authoritative thing. There is authority and leadership, but it's also your ability to come and serve and to uplift and encourage and release others as well. Okay. So let's move on. Teacher or teachers, um, <laughs> teachers are the mind of the body. They are passionate about discovering and validating truth. A teacher is particularly concerned with the accuracy of information, especially church mm-hmm. doctrine, mm-hmm. and is often gifted with research abilities. If you are a teacher, you have the spirit given capacity and desire to serve God by making clear the truth of God's word with accuracy and simplicity. You are the scholar clarifying and explaining the doctrine and teachings of the Bible. A lot of pastors are teachers. Mm-hmm. Not all teachers are pastors. Yes. Thank you for that. There's yep. a very distinct distinction. So they, they realize their gift is foundational. They emphasize accuracy of words and they love to study. They delight in research to validate truth. Their gift is to impart knowledge to others. Do you have a teacher in your life when you need clarification on what the word of God says or the hermeneutics of, of, a, of a word in scripture, you know, the Greek and the Hebrew? Um, do you have those people or are you learning from those people as well as your own personal study within scripture? They have an ability to provoke interaction among learners, especially with those who need it most an alertness to know when learning is or is not happening. They have the ability to communicate information in a proper sequence to connect on the same level Mm -hmm. as the learner. They can take a concept and organize it in a way that's going to make the most sense and bring clear and concise understanding for people like us, like who are listening and learning from them. And they really love seeing their students benefit from personal application. So are you taking what you're learning and applying it? Do you have concrete action steps too about how to apply what you're learning a good teacher will help you apply what you're learning they will help you to actually put it into action they have a strong desire to present material in a creative manner and they have an overwhelming desire to ask questions in order to hear what people have learned so hopefully they're also evaluating and measuring um, what people are learning and you can tell this by how how people within the body of christ for instance a teacher in in a church um, how how well are there is their congregation actually growing up into things that they're teaching about on a Sunday? Are they applying them? Are they seeing transformation? Are they seeing fruit? Mm. Right? Those are yeah. markers and indicators that people who have been taught are actually applying the word of God. Uh, a biblical example of a teacher would be Luke. These are your teachers, your communicators, your um, course creators. These are all teachers. Um, and those are the types of jobs that you would see a teacher function in. I don't know what scripture is in. I want to say Ephesians, but where um, it talks about that you're no longer infants, right? You're no longer babies. And and you won't be tossed back and forth by the wave. You won't be deceived um, by false teachings where this these teachers, like when we come to salvation, we are babies. We are fed milk and then we grow up in infant food. You know the stages of a baby, right? And the Bible correlates mm-hmm. that with actual feedings. And so teachers get to help us break that down and feed us. Why? So that they look good. No. So that they're super smart. No, that the body of Christ, like we were talking about can be built up and can be in unity 
and that we're not, I will find the scripture, but we're not deceived. Basically we're not blown here and there. We're right. solid. Like the truth, which I don't know about <laughs> you, but hopefully in 2023, this is a new thing, but last mm-hmm. year y'all, we needed some serious truth, <laughs> but like every day yes, amen. Amen. we need some truth, not the world's definition, not our definition, biblical truth. And the teachers mm-hmm. are who can help us analyze it, bite it down or bite size it, all the things help us to understand. Yes. We needed some teachers for sure. All right. Let's talk about prophecy, the gift of prophecy. Prophecy are your eyes of the body. They are the seers. Mm. They apply the word of God to a situation so that sin is exposed. Yep. Lord knows when you get around a person with the gift of prophecy, you ain't going to skirt around that sin issue friend they see it (laughs) and relationships are restored he or she has a strong sense of right and wrong and speaks out against compromise and evil if you are a prophet you have the spirit given capacity and desire to serve god by boldly and fearlessly proclaiming god's truth let me again break down a misconception that there is the gift of the prophet yes thank you yep. as it talks about in the um the ministry gifts in ephesians 4 these were the gifts of jesus that some were given to be prophets and then there is the gift of prophecy those are two different things not everybody who has the gift of prophecy is a prophet i have the gift of prophecy it's one of my top three motivational mm-hmm. gifts but i'm not a prophet so those are very different things. And there is a, needs to be the distinction between both. Believe, uh, believers with the motivational gift of prophecy um, have insight and foresight and act like watchdogs in the church. They warn of sin and, and reveal sin. They are usually very verbal. They may come across as judgmental and impersonal. They are serious, dedicated, and loyal to truth, even over friendship. And one of my, my, my spiritual mom used to uh, train our, our, cause I used to be a, a pastor for our young adult ministry. And we had three very strong, different personalities on this team. And we joke about it now because we used to have some come to Jesus meetings in our leadership team meetings because we were all per- perceivers in some form or function. So we all thought that we had the right thing and we knew the right thing and we were right and we could never get anywhere to plan services and to plan events for our young adults. And I remember when she came in and she did some training and some teaching on us. And she's like, it's not about you, you guys each being right. What you're seeing is all accurate. Yeah. But the goal is for us to discern what the Holy spirit is saying is right for right now. Mm -hmm. So you may have to lay down your preference. You may have to lay down your opinion. You may have to yield to what the Holy Spirit is saying, that what you're sensing is not for right now. It may be for six months from now. Yeah. Yeah. And praying before you receive it, because I can't tell you how many times Mm. being in ministry and doing things that I, I got a word for you, sister. And I'm always like, yes, amen. Bring it on. Like, let's do it. But I'm also, I am not assuming I am hoping that the person who's about to give me a word has prayed over that word. The Holy spirit has told her the timing of that word. And the Holy spirit has said to go speak it now, because that does happen. You know, he will tell you to go share it, but I can't tell you how many words I've gotten that the Holy spirit has done it. And it's not a pride thing. It's not a Sam thing. It's I, sometimes I wish those words came true or something, you know, like they could be really good ones. 
And the Holy Spirit's like, "Er, no, it's not for you, sis. Or like, there's a gut check in my spirit. And so if I receive a word or if anybody, you go to a charismatic or um, spirit filled church, hopefully sometime walking in that church, you'll receive a word and you then get to take it and bring it to the Lord too. And say, God, is this for me? Is it right now? Like don't people. Yes. There's a reason why this gift is the most, I feel like controversial And it's because Mm. we let our flesh get in the way of what the Holy spirit wants to do. We let our flesh, maybe not even like willingly or knowingly, right. The way we're supposed to be strengthening and encouraging and comforting people, but we point to ourselves, which is why in the first training you started with like the gifts and then like, it's Mm. all to bring glory to God. All of this is not for Sam and winter. It's all for his glory and his kingdom. Prophecy should edify, exhort and encourage that's, that's the heart and the essence behind it. So if you are hearing and receiving a gift uh, of a word of knowledge or gift of prophecy, whatever, those are the things that as you go to the Lord, that you should be receiving comfort, Mm -hmm. edification, exhortation, encouragement. If you're feeling condemnation and guilt, yeah, then honey, let me give you permission to reject that word and move on with your day. You are not being disobedient. So and repentance. Yes, I'm so Wait, glad that you brought that up. I do want to share that too. Repentance is also can't is used then. However, the difference between repentance and condemnation, they are not the same, though they may sound yes. similar. Condemnation is shame, guilt, not feeling good enough. Those feelings aren't from God, right? Repentance right. is dang, I've messed up. God, I'm still filled with hope and joy and love and peace. And I get to turn around and walk the other way. He will bring those up for you too, but it's not, it has no condemnation, guilt, or shame in it. Uh, A biblical example of this is Peter. A lot of your your people who walk in the gift of prophecy are probably in law enforcement or judging or governments or coaches. All right, let's move on. Gift number four is our exhorters. These are also otherwise known as your encouragers, and they are the mouth. They are the mouth of the body. Um, they have the spirit-given capacity and desire to serve God by motivating others to action, by urging them to pursue a course of conduct. You are the how-to teacher, explaining how to apply God's word to everyday life. Um, they are like cheerleaders. They encourage other believers and are motivated by a desire to see people grow and mature in the Lord. They are practical and positive and they seek positive responses. They want to see people move forward in their full potential. That's why coaches are such great exhorters, right? Because yeah. coaches want to see their, their team and their team members fully thrive in their performance and who they are and all of those things in order to be successful or to achieve victory. They have an ability to discern where a person is in their growth and to speak on that level. Sam, you are a huge exhorter. And I don't know if you tested that way, but I'm just calling that out right now. (laughs) Thank you. There you go. Exactly. You have a desire to give precise steps of action and urging people towards spiritual maturity. You have a desire for face-to-face discussion in order to determine and ensure a positive response. You have a tendency to identify with people of different types of backgrounds in order to gain a wider hearing and understanding. And you delight in bringing harmony between diverse groups of people. Barnabas and Paul were probably exhorters and encouragers in the New Testament. Um, Counselors, therapists, coaches, even probably some of your like elementary and high school teachers were probably exhorters um, as well. 
I, yeah, I think they really help keep the body moving forward because they do see, you know, by, by faith and, and through hope where they're called, where people are called to be and where the church is headed. And so I love us uh, some cheerleader exhorters. This one, I love this combined with, with prophecy and mercy, but combined with prophecy yeah. because yeah. you see, right. You're the perceiver. You get to see things, but then the exhorter, the cheerleader gets to come alongside and encourage them and reassure them, but then like also strengthen them and challenge them. And this is mm-hmm. anyone, like whether you're wavering in faith or you're um, just needing that extra dose of encouragement, like we get to help stimulate the faith of other people. We all need cheerleaders. If you don't have yourself a cheerleader friend and exhortationist person, exhortationist, you yes. know what I mean? Then get yourself one <laughs> because, or it's just come back and I will be that for you, <laughs> but you need yes, that. You will. need, I mean, you yes. need all of these in your life, but you need that person to strengthen you. Yeah. Okay. So gift number five, let's move on is compassion and mercy. So our compassion and mercy people are the heart of the body. That's why we love them. They are sensitive, to the emotional and spiritual needs of others. A mercy person is drawn to people in need and mm-hmm. seeks to demonstrate compassion, understanding, and love to them. Um, they have the spirit given capacity and desire to serve God by identifying with and comforting those who are in distress. So you are the person who understands and comforts fellow Christians. They easily sense the joy and the distress of other people. Um, and they are attracted to be patient with people in need and motivated by them to, to see them be healed of their hurts. They are truly meek in nature and they avoid firmness. They have a genuine sense of love and a greater vulnerability to be more deeply hurt as well, especially from a lack of love. They desire deep friendships and where there is mutual commitment, they have a tendency to react harshly when intimate friends, friends are rejected so they can take up a secondhand offense. You may not be the one who's directly offended, but you see somebody that you care about who is, and you can gravitate towards taking up that secondhand offense. You have a great concern over mental joy or distress than physical concerns. Um, you are likely to even attract these types of people who are in emotional um, havoc. You have a need to measure acceptance by physical closeness and quality time together. Uh, You usually have a desire to avoid decisions and firmness unless they will eliminate greater hurts. Again, we're after the fullness of Christ. If Christ was all seven gifts, then that's where the fullness meets. So an example in the Bible of a person who's motivated in mercy, compassion is probably John. Mm. I mean, he was the one that Jesus loved even, right? That he would even be laying on, on Jesus's chest, you know, even that sense of closeness and just hearing his heartbeat, you know, you can imagine the level of intimacy that those two had. Um, people who are generally counselors and nurses, uh, chaplains, um, are probably motivated with mercy and compassion. And again, remember we want the fullness. And so we can ask and seek and want and desire all of these gifts you can seek these, right? You can ask the Lord to give you a portion. You can ask the Lord to have more of this. And so if it's not something, if you are maybe the opposite of that, that you can, it's readily available to you. 
Yeah. And the more we dig into these, hopefully if you don't see it, then we can talk about that too. But hopefully, because we will never carry all of these really well, right? These fruits of the spirits, we will never have all of them performing at the utmost highest because that was Jesus. That was the only person who can encompass every single one of these. And so like we said, it'll change and it'll drop and add and all the things, but like I hope the more that winter's digging into these, that we as listeners are really seeing the fullness of God and really seeing the fullness of his character in each of these. Like, how cool is it that God could perceive all of us? He could have mercy and love and compassion while he's teaching us and being a leader, like all the things, right? And a giver, obviously, again, it's not necessarily about us and that it's not about us at all, but that it can help point us to a fuller picture of God. Like, as you're talking about this, I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Like you are this, this is so cool that we get to be reminded that he gets to encompass all of these things. And in that I'm confident in who he is because he is all of these things. We were benefactors of that mercy, compassion and the teaching and the exhortation and all of those things. All right. Our sixth gift. Yeah. Yes. Is our servers. Um, Our servers are, are the hands of the body they are driven to demonstrate love by meeting practical needs the server is available to see a project through to the end and enjoys doing physical work if you are a server you have the spirit given capacity and desire to serve god by rendering practical help in both physical and spiritual matters Mm -hmm. you are the person who meets the practical needs of fellowship of christians and the church you are concerned with meeting uh, needs. You are the doers. You find joy in serving and meeting short-term goals. Let me just say this. Servers are essentially the oil that makes every other gift function. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we're talking sure. about the whole body of Christ, the servers are the, are the ones who are working behind the scenes. They're the ones putting out the chairs. They're the ones in the kitchen making the food. And they generally, they genuinely enjoy being behind the scenes, right? They don't need to be out front. They actually prefer not to be. Mm-hmm. Um, if it, they love serving other people because it frees those people up to fully function in who they're meant to be. I love me some servers. Mm-hmm. Like we would not have church no if it wasn't for our servers but they also have a tendency to they will be there 24 7 if you let them because they will they will neglect and disregard their own personal needs and their own personal health for the benefit of serving other people because they have a difficulty saying no and as a teacher i mean a leader it's your job whoever the leader is in here to see that and seek that that's part of the body that you get to see Mm -hmm. yes but they, they also have a need to, to be appreciated. So even though they are behind the scenes and it's our job to help point out the boundaries or the lack thereof that they need, make sure that you're seeing them. I mean, Jesus was as a person, Jesus was so good, right. About this in his ministry. And you just see this all the time. I mean, look at Zacchaeus, you know, who was randomly in the tree as he's walking by the road that was full of people. And what does he do is he sees Zacchaeus up Mm -hmm. in the tree. And he calls him out and he calls him down. Jesus was, was that person who saw the, you know, the undervalued, the underappreciated, the unthanked person. Mm-hmm. And we need to be that too, especially for our servers. Right. Remember to express your gratitude for them. Hey, I just want to, I just want to thank you. 
you know, for, for putting the food out today. I just want to thank you for setting up those chairs. I appreciate you so much because for them, it's, it's, if they're not careful, it's like that badge of honor. And if it goes unappreciated, that's where, you know, they can tend to continue to let those boundaries shrink in order to continue to earn the merit that they feel that they need with this gift they are not leaders generally. Like I said, they prefer not to be out front. Mm-hmm. They feel inadequate and they feel unqualified actually to be leaders. They do enjoy the short range projects. So give them those bite-sized pieces, Sunday morning, setting up chairs, serving in the kitchen, you know, create those things that you can delegate to a server. It empowers them to mm-hmm. actually step up to not everything that you do as a leader or, or any other type of, of gift needs to be done just by you. This is why we appreciate all of the gifts is because I can identify Mm -hmm. the body and I can say, Hey, and I used to do this, you know, as an, as an administrative pastor for our young adults for 10 years, that was my job was we had people in the sound booth. We had people on the hospitality team. We had people on the worship team. We had the room to be set up and the room to be teared down and cleaned up. And it was my job as, as the, you know, the team administrator was to identify, okay, who are my servers? Who are my leaders um, that I can assign those types of tasks to? And they wouldn't feel the burden of it. Mm -hmm. They would actually feel the joy of it. And then to empower them, like, here's what I need. You know, I'm the leader. Let me show you a diagram of what I need the room to look like for service tonight. And I'm, I'm passing it on to you. Can you set up the room? So not only am I giving them the gift of actually functioning in who they are, but now I'm giving them... Um, sort of the empowerment to do it. And that's the beauty of someone like me being an administrator, but also recognizing the gifts of where do you thrive yeah, and come alive even in who you, God has made you to be. And how can I empower you to walk in that? My, I have an aunt who is a server. I mean, we're not even done with Thanksgiving dinner and she's already cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, stop cleaning. Like enjoy the moment. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Sit down. But I think for her, it's just, she enjoys it. It's, it's, it's her ability to love her family Yes, is to do all of those things behind the scenes. Um, Timothy was probably a server the way that Mm -hmm. he served Paul and, um, and, and just even allowed Paul to be who Paul was meant to be. And then Timothy was coming alongside him into the church of Ephesus and, um, you know, and Philippi and letting Paul be Paul who knows, Timothy was probably caring for the people behind the scenes. He was probably setting up the, you know, all of the dynamics that allowed Paul to, to function in in his, his leadership and teaching into the ministry. So for jobs, I just put behind the scenes. It don't matter. (laughs) D all of the above. (laughs) Right. So these are people that are behind the scenes. They go on thanks and they go unappreciated and they go undervalued, recognize them, call them out and thank them. Maybe you don't have to do it from the platform. But if you see them in the kitchen, go in there and just say, Hey, I just wanted to thank you guys. You guys are doing awesome. Yeah. So thankful for you because they allow every other gift to function and who they are called to be. They are the oil of the engine. I loved young life and working in young life because they do a really good job at training their leaders to, to appreciate their, um, servants and servers and volunteers and all of that. And I learned so much about appreciation through that, but your homework really is for anyone listening and who's made it this far, your homework right now (laughs) is to 
text your people. And the, here's the deal. I, cause we mentioned something earlier that I wanted to say too, but we're going to lump it right now. And that for those people that have spoken life into you or been there to encourage you or taught to you or lead you or all of the gifts that we've gone through so far, right. Showed you mercy in a time of distress, like any of those text them, message them on Facebook, send them an email, write them a card, whatever you, whatever you want to do. But there is so much life giving when you appreciate and say, thank you. Yeah. It is so fruitful and it is like a, a reset gas button or like a filling up your gas tank. Not that these people, especially servers, not that they run on appreciation. Like they don't need your things to function. They'll do it without your things. Mm -hmm. However, it fills up their love tank. Like it it shows them that they're valued and they're what they did mattered. So that is your homework right now. You're welcome. Well, and it helps us not to walk in entitlement. Yes. Yes. And it helps the receiver not to walk in resentment. Like nobody appreciates me and blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, that's all yes. the enemy who can easily sneak his, sneak his way in to deceive us. Our posture for all of these gifts is towards the glory of God anyways. All right. Last but all not right. least. Last gift. <laughs> yes. Is our, our givers. Um, our givers are the arms mm. of the body. That makes sense. I don't know why I'm showing you because you're showing, she's showing me her muscles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Givers want to use financial resources wisely in order to give to meet the needs of others. A giver is usually good at finding the best buy, Mm. noticing overlooked needs and maintaining a budget. They have the spirit given capacity and desire to serve God by giving of material resources far and beyond the tithe. For further work of God, you are the person who meets the financial needs of fellow Christians and church members. What I love about givers is they have the attitude that tithing is Mm -hmm. the outward evidence of an inward commitment. Tithing is not giving 10%, it's receiving 90%. It is a commandment for all Christians and the gift of giving starts where tithing ends. So good. So just because you're tithing, friend, does not mean (laughs) that you are a giver. Yes, your your ability. (laughs) Yes, you're being obedient to a commandment in scripture. But your ability to give, you know, scripture talks about being a cheerful giver is beyond your 10%. Mm -hmm. It's your ability to give an offering to give towards charities and ministries and those sorts of things. That's why there's a story in question mark, Mark that talks about the widow. Right. And, or there's the story of the woman with the oils, but in the story of the widow, it talks about, she, like all these rich people threw in all their money, right? They're rich. They have more to give, but this widow came and put in two small coins that weren't worth a lot at all. And Jesus says like, truly, I tell you this widow has put more into this bank or what treasury than all the others, right? They gave all of their out of their wealth, but she doesn't have anything. And she put everything she had to live on when winter's talking about tithing. Yes. You're obedient. And thank you for your ties. You keep the house lights on, you pay the staff. Like that is fantastic. in what we are called to do, but giving is beyond that. This widow didn't have much to give, but she gave it all. So even though her two cents monetarily didn't match up to these rich dudes, it's still all she had to give. Right. Right. And our, our giving is an, is an act of worship. Mm -hmm. Like you think about the woman with the jar, with the the perfume, you know, Mm -hmm. who that jar of perfume, if you read about this in 
scripture where she poured out a, a, a jar of perfume on the feet of Jesus as he was basically at a dinner with a bunch of Pharisees and all these people who were judging her yeah. for coming in. That jar of perfume was in was equivalent to an entire year's worth mm -hmm. of her salary. And she poured it out on not his head, but on his feet, yeah. the ugliest part of our body. It was an act of worship that she mm -hmm. was expressing to the Lord that he was worthy of her praise and her honor. That's what your, your giving does. It is an act of worship and saying, and, and it's a seed in the ground, mm -hmm. right? You, you sow what you reap, you know, for those who are struggling financially, let me encourage you to ask where has, where is your seed? Is right. it in your bank account? Is it in your stocks? Is mm -hmm. it in your investments? Your crypto? Or is it in crypto Sorry. or have you put seed in the ground by going and giving to the, the homeless man down the street mm -hmm. or the, the single mom who lives on your block? Where do you have seed in the ground financially? That's far beyond your tithe and beyond what you have in, in, in the bank. Givers are excited. And here goes, goes back to that scripture about God loves a cheerful giver are excited mm -hmm. by the prospect of blessing others. They deserve, they desire actually to give quietly in secret. They always give the best that they can. Um, they have a keen ability to discern wise investments in order to have more money to give away. Um, like I said, they do not want public notice. They are motivated to hear from God concerning where and when to give. And they tend to give higher quality gifts and very thought out gifts. Mm. Um, gifts may be one of their main love languages. Mm -hmm. givers right they have a desire to test faithfulness and wisdom by how people handle their money mm -hmm. um, they have a willingness to practice pers personal frugality and they have a desire to use giving as a way to motivate others to give as well um, Matthew is probably a giver yeah. in the bible right because he was a tax collector mm -hmm. very aware and knowledgeable in the things of, of financial means and taxes and all those things. So he probably learned a thing or two about giving, especially yeah. when Jesus called him to be a follower of him. Love our givers. We would not function as a church without our givers because they're the ones basically keeping the lights on above the tithes. You know, mm -hmm. it's their a church's ability to um, be able to also give and participate in things um, in the community uh, because they have the funds to do so. Mm -hmm. In 2017, I went through a really harsh health year and was encouraged by multiple people to set up a GoFundMe, mm. you know, because of medical bills and stuff. And obviously you see people that start to give right. because you're getting all the notifications. And I was, I was just like, so incredibly humbled, not only by the gifts of, of people who are giving, but I was surprised by the amount by certain people. And it really, really blessed my heart um, way more than I could probably find the words to express of some of these people that I was friends with, but I wasn't like super close in proximity and relationship with them. But the amount that they had given, you know, towards that GoFundMe was alarming. Yeah. Um, and it incredibly humbled me to see them operating like they are mm -hmm. generous givers. And I'm so I'm a recipient of that. Yeah. I see it. And it's, yeah. That's cool. Right. So it just makes me appreciate our givers, especially when you're in a time of crisis, like I was mm -hmm. to be the beneficiary of that. It, it, it humbled me like crazy. Um, and I even met my goal 
my financial goal that year mm-hmm. because of the amount of giving that people had gone, had, had sown into, to me and, and, you know, my, my challenges that I was going on in, in that year. So givers, I have a sweet space for them. Cause you know, I didn't grow up with money. You know, mm-hmm. we weren't rich. Right. We struggled financially. Mm-hmm. And yet I have been a recipient um, of that. And so I, I strive to also, you know, grow in my capacity to want to give above and beyond my tithe because of people like givers who yeah. model it so well for the rest of us. I don't even, this is so good. Okay. We are going to end this with two things. One, we're going to tell us where we can find you and connect with you and harass you. I mean, say hi to you. And then we are friends. If you, again, haven't listened to the first episode, go back there. Uh, but as always, my inbox is open. My DMS are open. You can come reach out to me and definitely reach out to winter and connect, um, with us. If you have any questions or, or thoughts or stories, we would love to hear from you and hear where the Lord is using you with your gifts. Like that's, that's my favorite. So winter, where can we find you and stock you at? And winterbrook.com online. Perfect. All right, friends, you know, you have to go say hi. Also, you can share this episode because there was a lot of revelation in these two episodes and a lot of misconceptions that winter debunked and a lot of hopefully encouragement for you to step out further into your calling by simply loving Jesus more. So he, and making yourself Amen. available. All right. Until next time, friends. Thanks winter. Thank you. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community going after Jesus and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.